one of my favorite poems was by Chief uh, Tecumseh, who's a Native American. He said, so live your life that the fear of death does not enter your heart, man. Just like focus on caution, but not fear. And there's a fine line between operating. Fear becomes illogical. What a world we live in, right? Thought I'd pop in here. I haven't been live in a long time. What's the saying? Uh, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Something like that. Is that Winston Churchill? Who can name that quote? I feel like um, we live in dark times, but uh, I'm reading an interesting book. It's called The Splendid and the Vile. And it's about World War II, Winston Churchill and fighting the Nazi. The Nazis that were dropping bombs almost daily on London, people were afraid for their lives. It's very similar times to what we live in now. And um, I'll tell you, um, at some level, there's going to be a reshuffling of the deck of the way the world order uh, has been, the way the economy has been. So you, you can look at it as a uh, as a good thing, a good thing in troubled times. That sometimes in life, somebody said the quote is FDR, not Churchill. Thank you. Um, in life, the world needs to be reshuffled. And um, it is... If you can keep your head cool and you can stay logical, the reshuffling may, you may look back and say, this was the greatest moment in your life. And um, it's really the only way to look at trials and tribulations, you know? Somebody said, crafty investor said it's not similar at all. Well, I don't know how your brain works. <clears throat> this is a virus. Back then, the Nazi barrage of bombs was a sort of virus on London, killing more people than will probably die. My grandma's 102. She lived through World War II, and um, 250 million people were killed or displaced. And um, this will not be as bad. So that's good. For us, my grandma lived through it and became very powerful. It's not to say that it's not a serious problem. It is a serious problem. It's not made up. It's not a hoax. But you got two options. You can freak out like the masses or you can stay calm. Either way, what's going to happen is going to happen. It's outside of your control. It's bigger than you or I. So what's in our control is to stay cool under pressure. If you've never read the... Uh, Rudyard Kipling poem called If, you know, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing yours, theirs. Um, that's, uh, that's what you must do now. Now, some people say, I can see here, it's, it's fake, it's BS, but nonetheless, <laughs> a fake problem can be just as powerful as a real problem. So whether you believe that this is fake or this is something, massive government scheme or some people think it's a Chinese uh, biological weapon to cause recession. No matter how you look at this, it's real in the sense that it's happening right now. And it's real in terms of people's perception and perceptions often just as powerful as reality, you know? So uh, let's go live with somebody, see what have somebody has to say here. Waiting for Ryan. The media makes money by causing drama. Yeah, this is a little more than the media. What's up, man? Yo, Ty, how you doing, brother? Where are you at? I'm in here, Sydney, Australia. How's all? Isn't that where Tom Hanks was? Yeah, Tom man, it's crazy. <sighs> yeah, I Tom love Hanks. Australia, by the way. It's a great country. What time is it there? We're well, just heading on 2 p.m. now. <laughs> 2 p.m., okay. How are people... Dealing with it, are the streets empty? Like, what's it like? Yeah, it's not bad. We've got a mad rush of toilet paper that's, you know, being shifted <laughs> off the shelves and uh, tissue paper, and people are bunkering down on the bottled water and all that, you know. <laughs> so, when you go to the grocery store, are people fighting over food? 
Pretty much. There was um near me there was uh, these two women who were fighting over a pack of toilet paper and were like punching each other and all that. Good God. That's what I tell people, man. I have my farm. I I you know, people were like, You're crazy, why do you have a farm? You live in LA. I'm like, at the end of the day, always have a little bit of self sufficiency. So if the world gets crazy, you're not getting punched in the head over toilet paper, you know. Oh, completely. I had a good question for you, Ty, as well. Okay. You talked a lot about your um dark triad quiz. And yeah. Hexago, which I love. And one question which I've been thinking about for a while is what is the difference between a person who scores highly in Machiavellianism and then someone who is um, just exploitative on the NPI? Good question. So, yeah, you got NPI measures narcissism. Machiavellian is a different test. It's called the Mach 4 test. So narcissist, a um, couple things. Narcissism is genetic. For one thing, Machiavellian is not really genetic. So somebody can kind of be born and have this predisposition, even as a baby, to care more about themselves. Think about it. You know, a lot of narcissists have a lot of kids. Um, so that's one big difference. Narcissism is less environmental. It obviously, like some people say, is social media making people more narcissistic. And they've been narcissists for a long time. Long, but well before there was social media. Machiavellian is a cynical approach to life. Uh, if you go on Twitter, Twitter is a Machiavellian app. If you want to know, here's the simplest way to understand this. Instagram is for narcissists. Twitter and Reddit, Reddit is for Machiavellian people. So people have been bullied. You know, big factor in becoming an, a Machiavellian person, a cynical person in life is being bullied, being abused, being people with power over you taking control so you learn to be kind of sneaky um the art of war the book uh the chinese the famous chinese book that business owners use is all about machiavellianism so it's like hide your intentions and then when people least expect it punch them in the face kind of thing mao zedong the chinese the man who kind of led the chinese communist revolution he was the most machiavellian guy ever in fact he followed the art of war very much so narcissists are not so sneaky They'll kind of tell you to your face, like, yo, I'm more important to you. Like a narcissist, an example also, I'll kind of end with this. A narcissist is very, um, uh, they don't reciprocate. So let's say you need, let's say you help your friend move. They're moving and they're like, hey, can you help me move to my new apartment? And you wake up Saturday morning and you help them move. Then six months later, you move, you call them. You're like, yo, can you uh, help me move? A narcissistic person, literally, they have less gray matter in a certain part of their brain. They'll be like, nah, I don't have time. And they don't see how hypocritical. Like, there's actually a part, an empathetic part of their brain that doesn't understand that that's kind of fucked up. Like, you help them move, but they'll gladly be like, nah, I don't have time. That's a narcissist. Machiavellian person won't really do that. A Machiavellian person, though, will talk behind your back. A narcissist will punch you in the face. So, I hope it's a long conversation, but I yeah, hope, no, you're totally right. It's about that welfare trade-off ratio. I hope you don't find surround yourself with either of those, man. It's hard <laughs> in this world. <laughs> oh, that's right. Got to use all the tools in our, in our tool belt, you know. Stay healthy and read people in this world. That's right. All right, man. Well, it's good talking to you. Hang in there good down there in Australia. Time. Peace out, brother. See ya. That was a good, good question. Um, someone said they want to learn. You know, one question: Instagram. When you watch it, a replay of this live, do you see that split call that I just did with the guy, where you see his face and mine? Because I remember, I don't know if they updated that feature because it used to not work. So it's kind of weird when people watch the damn replay. You know. <sighs> Let's see. Who is Sloppy Joe said, answer my question. All right, Sloppy Joe, you got a blue check mark. You must be an important person. Let's see. Yo. What's up, man? What's up, man? I definitely don't remember me, but a couple years ago, I was at your party in L.A., and I gave you one of my company's watches, a startup I had, and you gladly took it and put it on your Snapchat story. Never have forgotten that moment, man. Oh, but that's I'm in awesome, Austin, man. Texas right now. How's the business going? Yo, 
Well, that business is over. I already exited that business, man. But I had a question for you. Yeah. A really, a, a really different question. Um, okay. Where do you see the stock market going in the next couple of weeks? <laughs> um, good question. You know, the question is, do we have what's called a dead cat bounce? Like the market crashed and now yeah. it's back up. Some people call that a dead cat. For those of you who don't know about the stock market, it basically means that you uh, even a dead cat, dead cat will bounce once if you drop it. Right. Right. But my guess is there. Be very careful buying the dip right now. So if you you see these things going down, and be very careful. If you're hyper sophisticated and you have a lot of, I'm not going to make inside information. Like Warren Buffett, right? He bought a whole bunch of Delta stock, but dude. Warren Buffett has connections out the yin yang. He knows what's going on at Delta. I would say be careful right now and cautious. The stock market is going to be volatile for a while. So if you have a lot of knowledge about a particular stock, that's different now. Like yeah. I said, you've got to walk the fine line or not. It just seems like it just seems right. like, you know, like seeing all these airlines empty, seeing all these cruise lines just shutting down. If, if you're like options aside, trading aside, mm-hmm. there's really hard to lose when you buy something that's damn near bottoming, in my opinion, like an airline stock or. Yeah, but just remember, know. some of these things will disappear. So, for example, let's just look. I've been looking at um, look at Pier One. Pier One's a very large brand at one point five billion last year. Right now it's in bankruptcy. So its stock is literally at the bottom, yeah. like market caps, like one million dollars or whatever. And it, when you see things tank, sometimes it's an indication of bankruptcy. And in bankruptcy, just so you understand, because I buy companies out of bankruptcy, you as an unsecured, you're an unsecured. As an equity owner, mm-hmm. you get nothing. So some things will bottom out. Now, Delta Airlines or American Airlines, the problem is the tricky part mm-hmm. is the economy is reshuffling. Let's say there is a national quarantine. Um, or or some form, whether there should be or not, is irrelevant. But Spain, France now have these. Here's the problem. Um, Cardinal Cruise Line is going to take a long time to recover from this. Even if two months from now, people start recovering and there's and the, let's say the coronavirus diminishes, people are going to jump right back on the cruise. People, here's the thing about fear. Fear, like like Dave Chappelle said, you know, he said cocaine's a hell of a drug. Fear is a hell of a drug. Addictive. And when people get scared enough, which is just beginning to happen, they do not recover from that that quickly. So I'll give you an example. Here's a great example. Before 2008, the American dream was to own your own home. Mm-hmm. Okay, before 2008. After 2008, millennials that were quote-unquote traumatized by their parents being kicked out of their house, foreclosing, mm-hmm. some people became homeless. The American dream. To this day, 12 years later, millennial people and that younger generation, they don't aspire to buy a house. They're like, I'll just rent. They're so scarred, you can yeah. see a fundamental shift yeah. where things never come back, where people go, eh, yeah, I don't feel like ever going on a cruise again. Now, some people are going to go back on a cruise, just like some people buy homes. But the stock market prices in all this information, and it says, okay, because... 80% of people will consider going on a cruise. Our stock price will be, you know, stock price is 30 bucks a share, whatever it might be, whatever cruise line we're talking about. But if a fundamental shift happens and a whole generation goes, eh, only 30% of us want to go on cruises, all of a sudden that stock price drops and drops permanently. So my thing to you is just be very careful that you're buying things that haven't permanently shifted down yeah. because then you'll buy them and they'll sit there for a long time. So okay. if you can One identify thing. things that One. you're sure are going to pop back up, you'll do well. One last thing. So yeah. with all that talk and by you saying that it's very possible, some companies could bankrupt. Do you think right now the stage we're in, it's very possible. Like we're in a very severe, this should not be underestimated type of market could crash the uh, recession type of environment right now. <laughs> Probably. Um, if you look at the, it, there's it's something interesting. Look at Vegas. Vegas is all these people that don't give a shit about politics. They just want to make money. They make bets. There's a website. I think it's called Betfair. They bet on everything. Like, will Trump win the election? Yeah, this yeah. I watch that every day. The odds of recession 
were a week ago, 40 people betting. They're actually putting money down. It's, it's, it's risen to like 75%. I actually think we're already in a recession. The real question is how deep of a recession will be. Will it be a 2008 recession? which honestly was a very specialized recession, didn't hurt most people? Or will this be a 1929 recession? Because my grandma lived through that one, and that, uh, my yeah. grandma grew up eating carrots three yeah, meals be, a day. So pulling up on chariots, man. What do you think it'll chariots. be? Uh, I don't know, but I'm here for the ride, man. I'm ready to uh, – I don't want to say exploit, right but I'm ready to uh, finally get my skin in the game. I think you'll do well. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, Be smart. Be logical. Don't listen to, by the way, my advice to you and everybody and myself, my advice to myself, read both sides of the story. If you think this is a serious virus, read people who think it's not serious. If you think this isn't serious, read people who think it is serious. If you think there's going to be a recession, read people on the other side. If you want to be sharp and you want to navigate through this rough time, read both sides of the stock market. So let's say you want to get in there and start buying, read Spend a day or two, man, just reading the opposite side, and you're going to come out smarter and hopefully richer for that, my friend. So good right, luck. Buddy. We'll Appreciate have to, it, man. to get in person, my friend. Take care, man. All right. All right. Well, not sure how much more I can help. Be mature and balanced, Maria says. That's about the right answer. What's up, Andrew? Lokendra. Shopify now says drop shipping will flourish. Drop e-com should do well out of this, but it, it, it may fluctuate here for a little while. For example, if Amazon can't ship into New York City, <laughs> then e-com won't do well either if there's some kind of lockdown quarantine. But that'll pass. Uh, as long as the world stands, I think there's a massive shifting. Large companies are going to go down that are brick and mortar. And e-com will replace it. I agree. Uh, question here. What about real estate? Uh, what about Bitcoin? <laughs> you guys hit me with the serious questions here before I go to bed. Let me say this. Real estate has been due for a damn adjustment. The cap rates have been BS. They then take a genius to realize when, remember, you know the old saying, when you're shoeshine boy, is giving you stock tips. That's a bubble. Well, everybody's been saying, it reminded me of 2007, the last year, where he's like, Todd, just buy multifamily. That's all you have to do. You buy multifamily. Well, it's not that simple. If you're sophisticated and you know what you're doing in multifamily, you may do well. But I'll tell you, <laughs> when you go to buy a home to flip and 15 people bid on that home, that's a bad sign. You want to be in buyer's markets, not seller's market. The last three years, it's been a seller's market, and that's problematic. I don't like to do things. I like to go buck the trends, man. <sighs> Ty, post more while you slack it, Tony says. You know, uh, I'm not just a social media guy. A lot of people think I am, man. I'm out here doing deals like, dude, I'm, I'm more doing more deals than I've ever done in my life. I'm like deep deep in business right now like i'm on the phone and it's crazy i could give you some insight if i have more time but like i'm talking to the big investment bankers i'm talking to the liquidators the people that know this game at the multi-billion dollar level and it's crazy it takes a lot of my time so <laughs> some weeks say he's getting old and tired <laughs> shit i'm busier than ever you know, sometimes you got to make money and not be on posting on Instagram. That goes for me too. So, um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't born to be a social media guy. Like some people like to post 10 times a day. Shit. I got other shit to do. I've been working on stuff. I've been in the gym, got my bench press up to 325. So I got other things to do, but I should post more. A Bitcoin. Let's talk about it. Um, severe drop in the last week. It was, uh, uh, you know, 5,000s it's at right now. I think one thing that people, I tell you this about the crypto community. There's a lot of good news and a lot of bad news about cryptocurrency, in my opinion. And 
one of the problems in the crypto community, man, is that like projects aren't getting done. Three years ago, it was all about everything's going to be blockchain companies, but now people did token sales, they raised money, and then they just ran with the money. Or they were shut down, whatever. People have lots of things. But like for crypto to work, it has to be used in society at a day to day basis. And and you know, people are working on it. Okay. I'm just saying it's not happened yet. And for that, as long as crypto stays hypothetical, it's gonna be more volatile. And so you see that. This is unarguable. BTC goes to nine and goes to seven and then it goes to five. That's not really good for a currency. You don't imagine if the US dollar went zoop, zoop, doop, 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 like this, it, you people lose trust. So there's some systemic problems in the game. And I look, I don't have all the answers, but you, you need to be careful. If you go into crypto right now, you got to understand it's a volatile asset. And someday it may not be. And um, someday it may be mass adoption. But, you know, be smart. Spread your money out. Invest some of your money in your own brain. I, I got my books. Oops, sorry. I got my books sitting right there. Investments. Like, I spent 200 bucks last time I, I was flying grabbing books. You don't even have to spend that much. I don't know why I did. I just was at a bookstore. Like you have to be thinking like that. Don't put all your money in Bitcoin. If it's not money in your brain, put money in your brain first, put money in some physical assets. You know, I buy, I bought up some farms recently. Thank God I did. I got a place to go, you know, hell and high water. So you want some tangible assets. I invest a lot of money in my businesses, back into my businesses, building the businesses, building the customer base, building the cash flow. That's what you need to be doing too. I have money in crypto. Put some money in crypto. I have money in many things. I don't invest that much in the stock market. I used to. Not so much of a fan. Um, so have that broad approach. But in general, most of your money should be invested in things you have control. You know, If you're buying crypto or you're buying stocks, you have very little control. People think they have control, but you'll see right now how much control you really have. Uh, Forex, did you get the kings dead for your property? Any interesting books you read? Oh, man, so many books. I like this new one I'm reading, The Splendid and the Vile. Eric Larson's a badass writer for it. It's one of the better ones of our time. Uh, are you going to tell me where you are? Uh, I stay on the low right now. Boy, the world's crazy. Can I talk about real estate? And then one, I'll tell you this real estate. Ideally, you have been buying real estate in 2009, 10 and 11 after the last crash. And you were selling it in 2017, 18, 19. And now you're sitting on cash. And now as everything goes down, real estate will go down for sure. I mean, look at the indexes. They're already going down depending on the class of real estate for sure. Commercial real estate's slaughtered right now. And so now you start deploying cash. So look at what Warren Buffett does. <laughs> That's the, he's been hoarding cash and now he's deploying cash. You know, what toilet paper you use G Hey man, you're supposed to get a bidet like the French. Then you don't need toilet paper. Got water. Uh, you, due to the coronavirus, us stock market crash. What are your views? I answered that earlier if you want to go back. Do you think supply chains of e-com are going to slow down because of the virus? It's going to be a problem. It's already becoming a problem. It's already becoming a problem. Uh, but uh, someone said, Grant Cardone won't be happy hearing this. I don't know what you're referring to specifically. He probably agrees with what I'm saying. Is that the stock market. I mean, real estate, if you could buy 2008, 9, and 10 was the best time. Shit, you bought shit. You know that. <laughs> I was in Vegas living there temporarily when the crash happened in 2008. You know how many houses you could snatch up in Vegas for 10, 15 G's? You could have bought, look, you could have bought a thousand houses for like $10 million. Now, look, I know people like multifamily. I'm just giving you an example. 
to still do multifamily too. But um, it was, it, imagine having a thousand houses you're renting out right now for 500 to $1,000 profit right now. So believe it or not, buy low, sell high works at all times, throughout all moments in history, throughout all Spanish influenza, through the coronavirus, buy low, sell high. People struggle with that. Todd, you think SMMAs are social media marketing are dead? Absolutely not. You know? No, you'll be fine. There'll be some bumps in the road. You'll need to adjust. You'll need to make sure you have good service. Some businesses, you'll have to switch your model. But it's a temporary blip. Um, if we can't get this thing under control, people will eventually just come out of quarantine and whoever gets sick, gets sick. Nobody's uh, The U.S. not going to stay in quarantine, my guess. I could be wrong for a year. It's not like dentists aren't going to operate for a year. Businesses aren't going to operate for years. No. not pe- this. The one good news about this is that and I'm very sad to say this because my favorite person on planet Earth is my 102-year-old grandma. So don't take this wrong. But for the most part, this affects older people in terms of actually causing death. And so the workforce of the world, which is not 90 years old, right, is between, let's say, 20 and 50, the core, 20 and 60, uh, is less affected, especially under 40. So it sucks. It's not good. The virus is a damn enemy of mankind right now. But um, fundamentally, it's not. I'll tell you what would be worse. A giant asteroid on its way to planet Earth. Then we're really fucked. You ain't going to do nothing. Raising, changing <laughs> the Fed rates aren't going to do anything. Um, so, yeah, uh, that is something to watch. It, famine caused by, let's say, massive drought. Like, I, I own a large food company. We produce food thousands of acres we control in in the u.s no rain in the east coast this will be a problem so i can think of a lot of things worse than corona and so that's why i said you don't need to flip you you need to be prepared for the next couple months this is not a permanent end of mankind it's just not i would bet a lot of money am i sick no i feel good right now do i look sick (laughs) um the virus mutates certainly I mean, dude, there's so many things. Look, death's going to kill us all, baby. It's going to take us all. So uh, one of my favorite poems was by Chief uh, Tecumseh, who's a Native American. He said, so live your life that the fear of death does not enter your heart, man. Just like focus on caution, but not fear. There's a fine line between operating. Fear becomes illogical. What's up, James Swanick? How you been? Best business to buy right now. Bricks and mortar stuff. Dude, you guys, I wish I had more time to launch a course on how to train people how to buy businesses. But so many entrepreneurs want to build stuff from scratch. What's up, Renee Rodriguez? Long time no talk, buddy. Um, a lot of people want to build business from scratch. I'm like, die. Right now you can buy stuff, man. I bought a brand that was 57 years old. I had 10 million customers that have made the owners multi-billionaires. I just bought it from them for pennies on the dollar. Best stock to invest in. <sighs> Toilet paper stock. No. I don't like the stock market. I'm the wrong guy for that. I'm the wrong guy to ask that. I tend to think don't put too much money. You should use you can use the stock market for things like your IRAs and things where you get tax deductions that are hard to utilize without that. But um, what would I do right now if I was 21 again? You know, I tried to buy the brand Forever 21 last month. I got beat out at an auction by one of the richest companies in the world. Couldn't beat them. They put in a $289 million bid. That's the real value. The news says $81 million, but they paid more than that. People don't know shit about business. Media doesn't know shit. These reporters don't know how business goes. It was an $81 million deal, but it was $50 million assumption letter of credit. They paid $10 million in warn and all this complicated things I won't talk to you guys about um, to be boring, but they had in-transit inventory. Anyway, Forever 21, the owner, I know the owner, the founder, the two Korean uh, husband and wife built it with their family, and he goes, 
We called him Forever 21 because we thought 21 was the best age to be. I'm not sure if they're talking about women or men. It's a female brand, by the way. So I think they're talking about women. But if I could be 21 years old again, <sighs> I mean, if you say knowing what I know now, that's like unfair. But if I can go back in the time machine and give myself advice from when I was 21, this is what I would tell myself. Almost everybody's wrong about almost everything. It sounds cocky, but it's true, man. Almost and the older I get, I'm like, shit. People, here's the thing. People are 90% right and 10% wrong on almost every subject. And that 10% they're wrong is just enough to fuck up your life for the rest of your life. The guidance you get from your parents or friends or people who mean well or influencers, whoever they may be. They're 90% right about everything they say, but they're 10%. That 10% they're wrong on, it's like if you're shooting a rocket, like Elon Musk is like trying to go to Mars. When we shoot a rocket into space, you get that thing 10% off, you miss your target by 100 million miles. So the first thing I tell myself is like, oh man, even the people you think that know what they're talking about don't know what they're talking about. And there's so few. So you got to find those, like to me in business, Warren Buffett is so much smarter than everybody else. And I respect the other people. I know Ray Dalio, a lot of people like Ray Dalio and people like Elon Musk. And there's so many great business people, but like nobody is like Warren Buffett. This man's like, he's raw, he's human. So he makes mistakes, but his mistakes relative to his successes is just infinitesimal. So for me, I'm just all about like, Hey, you're 21, man. You need a handful of people. I'm talking, keep that circle small that have the track record that know what the hell they're doing. And you may, it may take you five years to find them, but that'll be the best five year search of your life. You know, people spend five years trying to find a wife or a husband. Okay, that's great. But shit, I'd rather die single and have found a badass mentor. Than to be like everybody else and get married and be lost, you know? So for me, it's all about, and, and the second thing I would tell myself is just like, there's a part of the brain, it's called the certainty cognitive bias. We like to jump to conclusions real quick. You tell people to do something and like people's gut reaction, like, no, get rid of that gut reaction that you have. So someone's like, go skydiving, no. And then five years later, you go skydiving. You're like, shit, I like that. Why didn't I do that for the last five years? Or you tell somebody, hey, go salsa dancing. And you're like, nah, that's stupid. I don't, I don't dance. You like make a rule about yourself. Then 10 years later, you're out with friends and you go salsa dancing. You're like, shit, that was actually fun. I wasted 10 years of my life. So when I'm 21, I'm telling or I'm talking to my 21-year-old self. I'm like, listen, man, the only thing you can't buy in this damn world literally is time and maybe health but even health you can buy good food like the one thing that money has no effect over people say you can't buy love well i mean you can buy it takes money to take someone on a date it's a fact that as a man if you have more money and you can be a provider you'll get a higher quality woman not that I'm not talking about gold digger status, but everybody wants to be around someone who's at least has a semblance of success. And by the way, my mentor, Dr. Buss, has done studies in every single, basically every culture in the world, even hyper-feminist cultures like Scandinavia and Sweden, which I love Sweden, by the way. It's a great place, and I love Scandinavia. But even in Sweden, where the pay is equal, women still want a man who's comparable or or higher income than them. It's an innate DNA. And you may call it the patriarchy, whatever. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's the law of the jungle, baby. There's a lot of the laws of the jungle that I don't like and I don't think are fair, but you want to live in the jungle. <laughs> you better know the rules and you better play by them because the jungle doesn't fuck around. I'll tell you that right now. You can stay as politically correct as you want. You will get eaten. So time, though. Money don't have shit. To help you with time. They asked Bill Gates recently. They said to Bill Gates, I said, Bill, would you give up all your money, man, to be 10 years younger? 
This was when he was like, whatever, 65. He's like, nope. To be 55, I wouldn't give up all my money. But then he said to be 40 again, I'd give everything I have up. Even Bill Gates, who was at that time the richest man in the world, this is a little before Jeff Bezos was, he goes, dude, time. I can't figure out the damn time game. I was reading, if you go to Wikipedia and you uh, you download this, or not download, you um, find Google uh, Wikipedia famous last words. It's famous last words of people who were sentenced to death. It's famous last words of philosophers and artists and this. And one of the famous last words that I love so much, Bob Marley. People don't realize. Bob Marley's a good story. He made badass music, iconic music. He's a legend in his genre and really in just music in general. Bob Marley, right? Well, he had a toe infection. And um, his doctor quote-unquote, a mentor who no more said, hey, you should take care of your toe infection. I got some whatever antibiotics. And Bob Marley goes, I don't need that, man. He's like, I do all natural. And by the way, I have nothing against all natural stuff. He went to some Swiss-like therapist that went in a cave and did hydrotherapy on his toe. Didn't fix it. He comes back. Doctor's like, yo, you really, this toe thing is going to be for real. Oh, no, I didn't listen. Well, finally, that toe had to be cut off, but by then that shit had spread through his body. He died. And on his deathbed, he said, money can't buy life. So when I'm 21 years old, I'm, a, I'm like, dude, get in, the, get in life. Like, engage with life, my friend. Engage with it. Like, be that person that's the most adventurous person out there. Even if you're, even if you are um, an introvert, introverts have a harder time by their very definition, being adventurous, just like don't put up a wall, okay, with presuppositions. I said to somebody, I forget who it was. I said, I think you'd like sales. They go, no, I don't want to do phone sales. I said, have you ever done them? No. I said, why you put up a wall? The only wall, the wall should come after the experience. So if you go salsa dancing a few times, if you try phone sales a few times, and then you don't like it. Then you go, oh, I ran that experiment. He or she who runs the most experiment in this game of life wins. And that's the second thing I tell my 21-year-old self. The third thing I tell my 21-year-old self is uh, it's easy to be much too intimidated. You know, you look at, like, I didn't grow up around people with money. In some ways, I wish I had, you know? Because if you grow up around people with money, you kind of get the game. I had to figure out the game. It took me a long time to figure out the game. Still figuring it out now, trying to. And um, I remember, for example, so I didn't grow up with any business. Mother, my mom was a single mom. My dad was in prison. So, you know, he could, he, he had a lot of, it's hard to get a job when you're a felon. And it was hard. So he was kind of on the outskirts of marginalized society and my mom. You know, it was just a single mom. And then she married my stepdad who worked at the post office. He made, I remember my mom's like, we're moving up in life. I, my, uh, I'm marrying a guy who made $29,000 a year. And I was like, boo, we're set for life, baby. He delivered the mail. <laughs> um, so I didn't grow up with expert. I didn't even know what a millionaire was. You know what I'm saying? So I'm 21 again. I'm telling myself, yo. Don't be intimidated by the powers that be. You can respect them. It doesn't mean you should be disrespectful because sometimes the power that be are genuinely powerful. It's kind of like you watch those fight videos. Some young dude walks up to some old dude that used to be a boxer and he disrespects that old dude. And that old dude's been boxing for 30 years. You don't want to fight an old man that's been boxing for 30 years. He, gonna, he will fuck you up. Them old hands suddenly get real quick. But, but most people 30 years older than you, they haven't been boxing for 30 years. I'm talking metaphorically. They don't know shit. They've been lost for 30 years. So when I was young, I would meet somebody and be like, oh, wow, this person's like, this is so hard to do what they're doing. Fuck that. I could go back 21 years old. My brain at 21 would be just as qualified to run the companies that I run now.
Seriously. Now, I didn't have the experience and wisdom, so I would make some mistakes that I wouldn't make now. So that's one step backwards. But one step forward is when you're 21, you have other advantages. You have a clearer mind, a less traumatized mind, in a way less fearful mind because you haven't made so many mistakes. You see what I'm saying? So one step forward, one step back evens it all out. So at 21, you could basically pull off the same shit that you could pull off at 51. But you got to get the mind under control because the mind makes that illusion that the difference between 21 and 51 is so hard. Again, when I, my 21-year-old self should probably have a 51-year-old mentoring me. But I could run that shit. I could run it. And so can you. And so I know this sounds cliche, but the game, the real law of the jungle is there might not even be a jungle. Like it's all like it's between your ears, baby. So mind control over yourself. It's funny that a lot of people like like superhero movies and Avengers and it's like some of them have mind control over other people. Shit, that's not a superpower. Mind control over yourself. And um, I used to do more of this than I really should. There was a time when I really trained myself to, when I had a thought that I didn't like, to just push it out of my mind. And I had like, real, I could do it. Any thought, any negative thought, any depression, any, like you walk up to a girl at Starbucks and you ask for a phone number and she shoots you down. Most dudes are traumatized for two years, literally. And um, I had trained myself to like push that away. And uh, I got away from that. And you shouldn't get away from that. The older you are, the young, this, by the way, doesn't matter if you're old or young, seize control of the thoughts that flow between the ears. Because as you get older, they start to flow too fast. And that blur, you spend moment reacting to the moment before. And if you always react, you never plan. And if you always react, you never strategize. And all power in life comes from people who strategize. Think ahead like a warrior, like a like a general of your own life. And um, I remember, I look back at the things that I freaked out about at 21. Dude, there were nothing. I know that it seems big. I remember being worried about paying rent and it was like 500 bucks. Well, shit, if you can't pay the rent, 500 bucks, you'll survive. The game gets harder later. If you really want to freak out, wait till you have rent of 100,000 or bills of payroll of 500,000 or 300,000. You know what I'm saying? So at the core of its level, the reason you should chill the fuck out, especially if you're 21, because that was the question was about, is that the things you fear won't hurt you. It's the things you don't fear that you haven't anticipated. They call that the known knowns and the known unknowns. The things you know that you don't know, those aren't going to mess you up. It's the things you don't know that you don't know. And so all that thoughts, that anxiety rushing between your head, between your ears, all here in this gray matter part, that shit, you're not even worried about the right thing. If I was 21 years old, I'd realize, Ty, you're worrying about all the wrong things, baby. All the shit you should be worried about, you don't even know to worry about. And all the stuff that's occupying your brain, like, oh, okay. I mean, there's people 21 worried about, what if I die alone? I'm like, what the fuck? Everybody dies alone. That's not even a fear, my friend. <laughs> that's not even a fear that should ever enter in between your ears. You all, all, everyone, the married and the unmarried, you die alone, my friend. That is not a fear to be feared because it's a given. That's like fearing, breathing oxygen. It's just, it's, that's why I said planet Earth people go, oh, man, the planet Earth may end. No shit. It will end. We know for sure in whatever 10 million years the universe is collide and people say, oh, that's far off. Well, I'm just saying that's one possible scenario. If you go on Wikipedia, Google near nuclear events, there's been six near nuclear events. Did you know? Yeah, I think it was in the 70s. An airplane was flying over North Carolina, and the, this B-52, or equivalent bomber, 
it evaporated. I mean, the whole plane broke in half. The pilot parachuted out, and two nuclear bombs dropped in North Carolina. Our own, we bombed ourselves. And when they finally did the investigation, it was this close from that nuclear bomb blowing up. Imagine these are megaton nuclear bombs blowing up. And it, what would happen is we would have probably blamed Russia and started a damn back and forth. And we'd all be gone. We wouldn't even be here. Don't fear those big things. I'll tell you what to fear. Fear living a shitty life that was boring. This should you should be a fear that petrifies you. A boring fucking life. I can't think of anything worse. There are some people who like boring life. A life with no adventure. A life of all what if. Like, what if I had talked to that girl and asked for her phone number? Like, what if I had quit that job that I didn't like? Like, what? That is hell on earth. And um, one day you'll look back and that's the only, the only thing you'll regret. You know, the only thing I look back at like dating relationships and I broke up with the girl and I was so traumatized and I was like, I'll never find another girl like this again. And then years later, you like people bring up, you remember when you used to date so-and-so and you're like, oh yeah, I don't even remember that shit. Or like I have a girlfriend that I used to date and it was very traumatic when we broke up and now we're just like friends and we talk all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why did I even care, dude? I was like, why did I care? Why did I care? Because we became friends. I realized I shouldn't have married. I'm glad I almost married her. And she would have been unhappy because we didn't have personality types that fit for a marriage. But as friends, it's great. So what's the big fucking. So that's what I'm saying. People (laughs) have all these fears. And then the real fears, they're not even in their mind. And I just go, hey, yo, do you like your life? What do you mean, Ty? Like, do you like it? Like, if you had a pencil and paper and you drew out your life, is this what you did today? Was that basically what you would like to do? For all of you worried about money, hey, worst case scenario, assuming you don't have kids or big responsibility, go get a motorcycle, drive across the world. Maybe wait till Corona ends. Or just like, be homeless. I know it's harder if you're a girl. Or maybe that's race, uh, genderist to say, but like I have a brother at one point, he was like, Ty, I'm not making enough money. I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. He's a big dude. He's like 6'2". I'm like, go fucking be homeless on the, on the streets of Santa Monica. You'll have empathy for the rest of your life for the homeless. It's sunny. You'll be at the beach every morning before everybody else. And I was like, why are you worried about that? There's other things you worry about. I'll tell you another thing to worry about. Are you building skill? So if I tested you skill-wise one week ago, you smarter today? Do you have insight that you didn't have? Because if you don't, that's a shitty life. You know? So for me, the fears that my brother had about being homeless, they were irrelevant. It's like, nah. I'll tell you another thing, fear. Never optimizing your body. A lot of people don't optimize our body. You see, you see Jeff Bezos like now he's on, he's the richest man in the world and he's in his sixties. He suddenly got in shape, but I'm like, oh shit, man, your body don't build muscle so well when you're sixty. He should have taken a chill pill, been the second richest man in the world, and like known what it was like to be like active. I like whatever. I think he started in his thirties. That's something you'll never get back, baby. So optimize your body. I don't know. Well, for Jeff Bezos, he wanted to build muscle. He's got a whole bunch of muscle now. Whatever you think optimized body is, if you're a woman and you want to have a certain body type, shit, poor man, meal plan, meal prep for a year. People say, oh, you can't change your body and it's all society. Shit, meal prep, control your, do an exact macro count. You'll put your body wherever you want to be, unless you have some major hormonal problem, which most people don't have, you know? (laughs) <laughs> Jeff Poo said you're cocky as hell now. <laughs> uh, maybe I should have spoken on Jeff Bezos, but it's the truth, man. I told you when I was 21, I might have been intimidated by Jeff Bezos. I respect Jeff Bezos. All respect. I, I don't give a shit what people think. How many think I care what Jeff Bezos, if he get bad, he'd agree with me. He's a smart guy. There's nobody you ever meet that wouldn't go back in a time mean, time machine and change things, you know? Oh, 
He said, I'm Aki, not cocky. Okay. Whatever Aki. Should I know what Aki is, dude? Am I disconnected from society now? If you were an emperor, <laughs> what is this? All right, this is it's funny. If you were an emperor a thousand years ago and you loved all the children of your empire, you could do some wizard shit. And okay, and there we go. Why are CEOs stepping down? They were probably smart. They probably knew the damn virus was going to crash the market. You know how many CEOs stepped down at the peak in January? They were smart, man. It's good to be smart. They could say during my tenure as CEO of the company, we never had a down quarter. And now these new CEOs are just getting. How can a person find his or her passion in life? Huh. You know, I thought a lot about, I think a lot about this. Should you do what you're passionate about? Um, I'll tell you this. What are you lucky in? Do that. What are you lucky in? Do that. If I have a friend, my friend's lucky with women. He just all, everything works out. He just, he's a natural with women. So maybe my advice was him to be like Deuce Bigelow. Like, dude, you, just, you should be like uh, a male gigolo. You just go around, make people happy. Um, make women happy. Like, he's naturally lucky. I know some dudes that ain't lucky with the women. I'm like, shit, my friend, you need to settle down with, with one woman as soon as you can find anybody that likes you because it just ain't your thing. Oh, somebody said Aki, meaning I lack authority. <laughs> Hey, maybe I do. Maybe I do. Depends who you compare me to. Compared to some people, I, I lack a lot of authority. Compared to others, I got a shit ton. I got a fucking hammer, sledgehammer of authority. But uh, <laughs> I let people decide, you know. Not everybody's. Um, nobody really has authority. I guarantee you, if we could live to a thousand years old, we'd look at the people we consider wise now. Whatever. Some people think Elon Musk is wise. Damn, if we all live to a thousand years old, we look back and we're like, what was this fucking person trying to say? Stupid. All of us would look stupid. It's all a relative term. My grandma's 102. Nothing I say impresses my grandma. You think if my grandma saw this talk, she would think it's insightful? My grandma is not impressed by anything I've ever said. The only thing that impresses my grandma is if I read books and travel. She likes that. If I give a talk like this, she hates these talks, by the way. Probably because she's 102 and realizes that I'm still kind of stupid, you know? So, uh, anyway, have I made the list of 20 that you will mentor? <laughs> I wish, you know, I had more time, but man, I'm in, I'm deep in the, I'm deep in the game of business right now, trying my best, doing bigger and bigger deals. What's up, Alex Morton? Somebody was asking about network marketing. Alex Morton's a guy just came on. He knows that game inside and out. Ty, how come you lost some muscle? Shit, it's only been 10 days, baby. I lose that much muscle? No, I'm cutting now. I gained, I got up to 204 pounds, but that's, it's, when you bulk, you don't want to bulk forever. So now I cut. I'm at 194 now. So I ain't that small. But when you cut, you lose power. You lose strength. I'm trying to do a 400-pound bench. My dad was 385. My dad was strong on the bench. After a Durant like this, you need a good dinner. <laughs> Carito says 67 steps. Changed my mind. Somebody said, I can't let that slide. What did I say? Did I somehow offend somebody? Somebody said, I was with Alex Morton and Viva at IML. What's well, good? I got an ectomorph build. No, I'm a mezzo. I'm a mezzo. Ecto is super skinny. I've never been super skinny. I was always kind of stocky-ish. You got endomorph, which is your, you know, Rome that I hang out with. Big Rome. He's 6'6", 330. He's an he's a endomorph. How much do you squat? You know, I should, man, I never push my one, one RM squat. I need to do that. So my body fat percentage. And when I bulked, I was about 14%. So 
kind of chubby, not super chubby. But. Yeah, so you got to hit the hit, add the muscle, dude. Everybody, any skinny person, you could put on twenty pounds of muscle if you want to. You just got to know the game. All right, I'm gonna head out. I hope this was helpful. I was like, should I go live? Eh. Someone said, I don't even care about my weight or anything. I'm lost. How old are you? You're lost? Let me tell you this. Only the lost can be found, my friends. So don't be too depressed when you feel lost. Because then when you finally figure it out, you got a story. You know, people, you know who ends up killing themselves is like rich kids' kids. Uh, rich parents' kids. Or I could have just said rich kids. I don't know why I said it like that. They like. Because they always know, they always have money. There's no uncertainty in their life. And that brain just doesn't work right. You need uncertainty. If you don't have a time in your life where you were broke and lost, you never have a good story. People only respect people with a story. Not everybody likes me, but I'll tell you this. People know my story, and it's hard to fuck with a, sto a true story. You know? I know people that were born rich. And their parents gave them businesses and they're like, Ty, you don't know shit about business. And I'm like, but well, my daddy didn't give me a business or my mommy didn't give a business. It shuts people up. <laughs> you want to shut a motherfucker up, <laughs> find somebody who inherited their money or inherited their business and go poke that little, poke that little sore boy. People lose it. <laughs> and uh, so don't be, don't be afraid if you're lost, everybody's lost. And the people that think they're, uh, Certainty bias is a hell of a drug. Certainty bias is one of those 25 nasty cognitive biases that makes people go. Just think about politics. You, you, you go into that Twitter politics world. People that don't know shit about life are absolute experts on who is going to lead the economy the best. I'm like, shit, bro, you can't even balance your checkbook. How are you going to balance a $19 trillion? How do you know who would be the best president for the United States? You know, they call that Dunning-Kruger's effect. The people who don't know talk the loudest and the most often and with the most confidence. So it's okay to be lost, but I'm going to also warn you this. Don't get lost for too long. You get lost for too long, and it goes from beneficial to deadly. And so, uh, yeah, it's very important that you don't get lost permanently, my friend. If you're lost for too long, you need to find somebody and latch on. I'm not talking about like a cult, but um, think of yourself as somebody who fell off a boat and you're kind of swimming around for a while. There's nothing wrong with that. You're like recalibrating which direction you're going to go. Maybe you didn't like the boat you were on, so you're floating and you're kind of swimming. But if you do that too long, you start to get tired and you start to go under. So the next boat that goes along, you might have to jump on it, even if it's not the perfect boat. Don't think of things in absolutes. Everything you do is just a wave, man. Life is just like the waves. I used to surf, you know? And it's just like the waves come in sets, and then there's a break between them. And in that in-between, you just rest. You don't go, oh, I'm not surfing. So, like, what? I lost my identity as a person. No. You know, some people, it's like if things aren't growing, like, I've lost my identity. You haven't lost your identity. But. If you sit there and a wave doesn't come long enough, you're in the wrong place. So that's why I said you got to be a little bit wise. You got to be a little bit wise ago. Being a little bit lost for a week, a month, if you start getting depressed for a year, you better talk to a doctor, my friend, because you can permanently, your brain almost has grooves in it. And those grooves get too deeply entrenched and they are almost impossible. Like the saying goes, the chains of habit are too weak to be felt till they're too strong to be broken. So for those of you who are too depressed and don't get too depressed for too long, some depression is functional. You would not want to give somebody just like some sickness is functional. Like you wouldn't want to every time somebody has a teeny sniffle, you don't want to give them an antibiotic. You know, it's like the operation was successful, but the patient's dead. You don't want to kill the gut flora all the time because it builds immunity. But on the flip side, you get something nasty enough and you better become a lover of antibiotics and that shit will keep you alive for antibiotics people are not so that's why i said some of you you know you have mild anxiety depression 
but some of you need to see a doctor, man. It ain't my thing. I can't tell you what to do, but don't feel lost for too long. I would say anything that's, and I don't know if this is a professional opinion, but you start feeling lost for more than a quarter of a year, three months of a year, and you need to, you better, better reach out to a lifeboat. You know what I'm saying? So, what should we do during the coronavirus? That's what this whole talk for like one hour has been about. Yeah.